Hello, hello, and welcome to another hometown daily news show. I am Marwat. It's 9 p.m. You know what that means. We go through the news so you don't know. Uh, we go through the news so that we encourage you to go through the news over at hometown and then visit all of our sources. Today's episode is titled For Science is How You Get Zombies. It's season two, episode 68, and we're going to go through 11 articles today. A power company is accused of stonewalling power stations. Okay. Big Girl Scouts cookie shortage. Epic gave away 700 million free games last year. Putin is bringing his war strategy to Moldova. Pizza Hut is bringing back a 90s era mini basketball for March Madness. Norfolk Southern. Ah, oh, they're just steaming into one derailment after another. FBI finally admits to buying location data and suddenly people are horrified. Dangerous forever chemicals are found in the turf at Philadelphia Phillies old stadium. And there's more to this. We'll get to it. Bing has a secret mode that lets you talk to AI Keanu Reeves. And if you are surprised that Keanu Reeves has been in the news lately, well, so are we. Scientists have revived a zombie virus that's been frozen for nearly 50,000 years. And guess what they found it could do. And finally, police in the UK are shocked to find a taser disguised as an iPhone. Let's get into today's news. Hey, my camera worked this time. Hello, everybody. I am Merwad. That is hometown.com. I'm looking in the opposite direction, so I'm not quite sure. Uh, what is going on here. But anyway, up there is the visualizer. The visualizer is for the AI that facilitates a lot of the uh, stories and making sure that, I don't know, uh, hometown doesn't fall off the tracks. It's not in charge of Norfolk Southern, that's for sure. Otherwise the trains would stay on tracks. You wanna say hello? Good night. <laughs> Good evening, hometown citizens. It's because of the going off the track thing, I think. <laughs> I started thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. I'm going off the track. Going off the track. Yes, the AI is going off the track. Hey, and uh, once again, Twitch says that we're unstable. I, I swear it's telling people that I'm unstable, but that's okay. Let's just, we'll, we'll just keep working through the articles. So like usual, when you go over to hometown.com, you land on that page and it actually tells you that we're live. And all of these uh, categories here tell you where all of the news gets thrown. And then these are the channels that will eventually, eventually, I say eventually, because starting this summer is when uh, several are going to come live for sure. Uh, if they stay is uh, really up, well, the shows, if they stay is really up to you, uh, dear audience. Um, the podcast tab is now available. You can click on that and get the most up-to-date available podcast. And uh, you can always go over to YouTube to get the historical shows, 
The VODs here on twitch.tv slash hometown are only available for 60 days. And you can always get all of the podcasts that are available wherever you get a podcast. I'm actually expanding to uh, automatically really to all of the ones that uh, even I don't even know about. Uh, It's just kind of happening. Um, Yeah, on the down low. Anyway, uh, we're everywhere. So just do a search for hometown and you'll find hometown. This show as well, hometown daily news show. Every day, 9 p.m., even if the AI uh, yawns. Okay, let's get into the very first article. If I'm missing anything, the AI will let me know, I think, hopefully. Um, This first article is in the Daily News Show. Power company accused of stonewalling in a probe of power station attacks. Not quite sure why uh, this would be happening, but sure enough... It is um, power company accuses stonewalling in probe of power stations being after a $50,000 uh, in rewards from the FBI, they still got stonewalled. So the FBI is looking for information on those responsible for sabotaging three North Carolina power plants in December and January. This gives us this article over here. I'm just going to pause this. I'm not even sure if this is this obviously doesn't have anything to do with North Carolina, considering I think that's the Golden Gate Bridge behind this weather person. (laughs) Uh, Bill Hutchinson over at ABC News uh, put this article together and it says an attack in December cut power to 45,000 utility customers. And uh, the full article is FBI adds $50,000 reward in uh, North Carolina power station attacks as sheriff accuses utility company of stonewalling, Um, which is really interesting. Why would a power company stonewall anything having to do with its uh, investigations uh, into the the power stations being damaged? You would think that they would be pretty forthcoming but it says that the two separate $25,000 rewards for information leading to the identification arrest and prosecution of a suspect or suspects in the power station uh, attacks in Moore and Randolph counties was announced on Wednesday by the FBI and came on top of a $75,000 announcement uh, last year and not just last year but last last year (laughs) They have a typo. Um, <laughs> really last year. Uh, by North North Carolina Governor Governor Roy <laughs> Cooper Cooper um, <laughs> in, in the unsolved Moore County incidents. So apparently on December 3rd, gun-wielding saboteurs shot up two power substations 11 miles apart, one near a town of Carthage uh, and another in West End. Why would they... Oh. Go ahead. Well, why are they stonewalling and why is the sheriff talking about this? Because that's local and it sounds like FBI is actually investigating this. Because you're in my state and I don't care if you are FBI. I am in charge of my local investigation and maybe through parallel construction, we might be able to come to an agreement in prosecuting these people, both 
at the federal level and at the local level. Let's throw the book at these home bitches. Oh, wait. Oh, just over eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Okay. So anyway, um, so Field said Duke Energy is requiring his department to get court orders for personnel files and company records, according to a statement he gave the pilot newspaper of uh, Southern Pines, North Carolina. So you know what this amounts to, right? They're following um, the law. I'm sorry? They're following the law. Exactly. And they're also shielding themselves. So when some employee comes in and sues them or whatever, they're going to be like, hey, I had a court order for wrongful prosecution or whatever, divulging personally identifiable information that might be leaked to the public and make them a victim of public response to information that's inaccurate, all kinds of liability issues. This amounts to something that you see in the in movies where a sheriff comes steaming up to some company and says, well, if you ain't got nothing to hide, why don't you just give me the information that I'm asking for? No, they have That's a legal responsibility process. Exactly. Like this company is doing it the right way. Fascinating. Mainly what we one thing if there was a warrant and then they still weren't turning it over or something. But they're saying get a court order. Yes, get a warrant. You can't just roll up to some company and say, give me all of your personnel records. Right. Well, and that's the other thing. It looks overbroad. They have to have probable cause. Like yeah. they don't need a record of somebody that worked there 30 years ago and is deceased or whatever. Mainly what we were looking for, uh, or sorry, looking at was trying. This is a quote, by the way. So let me just say it properly. Mainly what we were looking at was trying to get some personnel records and other records, such as people they might have had trouble with, terminated employees, and things of that nature, Field said. Quote again, everything I get, I have to get a court order to get it. That's understandable. Do I like that? No, I don't. It just puts a lot of pressure on a lot of things. That's the way they're going to play ball. And that's the way we're going to have to play. So why is this news? This is standard well, practice, standard I think process. It's also common to bash energy companies. I'm not weighing in on that, but they get bashed all the time. So <laughs> the sheriff is probably using this as an opportunity to, <laughs> to grumble about that. And somebody's probably complaining like, why don't you have this solved yet? Right. So in response to the sheriff's statement, Duke Energy said that seeking court orders for personnel records is a standard practice and mandated by law in some cases. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's really not much more to say about this. Quote, we too are eager to see those who attacked our substations brought to justice. Everybody is, but you have to do it right. Otherwise, it's it's a if they were to grab the wrong people because of their uh, what do you want to call overzealous reach, jumping literally the gun to grab somebody and bring somebody to justice. This has historical led to people who are incarcerated. And I, I jumped over another article because somebody was in jail for 18 years due to a wrongful lineup. 
I saw that as well, but I know. I mean, unfortunately, we see that pretty frequently in the news. Yeah, so as much as I don't like billion dollar companies who buy out smaller companies and limit competition and treat customers as if they're nothing more than a number and blah, 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 blah. I won't soapbox beyond this. Duke Energy has it right. But, you know, why wasn't there adequate surveillance here? Why weren't there cameras in place? Why weren't there high resolution cameras in place? Copious amounts. Well, it's because you have to pay, you have to have a billion dollar company, you know, billions of dollars in company revenue to stoke the interest of stockholders and CEO salary. Yet all it took was a couple of people running around firing at a substation to disconnect 45,000 people. Yeah. You know, the other thing is here, I suspect if the company had somebody they suspected or had seen somebody commit violence or whatever, they'd be turning that person over without a court order because they want their facilities and their staff to be safe too. Um, but it right. sounds like they're on a fishing expedition to basically pull all kinds of records that may have nothing to do with this. Right. If there are people of interest from the company, the company could have gone and said to an attorney, Hey, we want to provide these personnel records because they are subjects of interest within the enterprise here. Let's give them to the police so that they can do their due diligence in a forthcoming way. No, you don't need a court order because we've spoken to our in-house attorneys and they've said, well, they're recently terminated and they've responded or whatever they've said something or done something that make us question that maybe they might lash out they so against the company or something right. in the last six months or whatever and and that can actually the attorneys can sit there and say it's a perceived threat so here they are yeah so not much more to say but we'll end up watching this but this reads just like you would see in some uh, i don't know like uh town sheriff you know uh lashing out against the fbi and big business you know uh, it's almost something that you could see in a in a movie so i'll leave I it there we have seen it in a movie and, and <laughs> I we just have. don't know which one because it's a composite of many of them <laughs> yeah and it seems to just be well you know you can't name it so you can't sit there and say oh it was duke energy in this movie no they're not going to use a name but my god this is almost meme level so uh before i get too far i threw the two articles that we're about to talk about um into the chat so we talked about the power one i threw that in chat just now um and this article i just threw in chat so if you're curious you can follow the vod and it'll be in the show notes and in the podcast i say this pretty much every episode so um maybe now i've said it so often that i can just kind of nix it from the no that's not true because there's always new people coming on board so um let, let's talk about this one here this one is interesting and i chose this one simply because of the turn of phrase that's used in the title <laughs> and I, I every time i see it i can't stop chuckling 
Um, this is in the Hatch Ideas channel and it's because it's about business and it really is, but um, it's actually about supply chain management. And, and Okay, so the title is, there's a, <laughs> I'm sorry, I have to, I start chuckling. There's a big Girl Scouts cookie shortage and the group is frustrated with its main baker. But when I first read this, because then they say little uh, later on, little, little brownie bakers. Little brownie bakers, yeah. Uh, but then like in the title of the article, it says there's a big Girl Scouts cookie shortage. So the, <laughs> big Girl Scouts. Anyway. Girl Scout cookies are in short supply for the third year in a row due to production delays at Little Brownie Bakers. There's really not much more to this article, but it's over at CNBC.com and written by uh, Rebecca Picciotto, I guess. Picciotto. Um, I think that's their name. Um, anyway. So the baker has struggled to keep pace with cookie demand due to supply chain issues, labor shortages, and weather-related power outages. This labor shortages thing um, is always, you look into it, it is always going to be based on the lack of uh, work-life balance and salary. So if I don't get enough benefits, then it impinges my work-life balance. And if I don't get enough salary, then I have to seek elsewhere to get food on the table, again, impinging my work-life balance. But it's always work-life balance. Um, more people need more money because everything is going up. And you, we will see just how much it's going up because we're about to get the CPI and PPI um, in in and um, uh, other uh, financial data in the coming weeks. Um, and I am going to predict that the PPI is going to increase, the CPI is going to increase. It's going to be substantial again. And then we're going to hear that the Fed is going to raise interest rates. So yet again, people are going to have to struggle to make ends meet. Meanwhile, if you look again at all of these big businesses, they're making billions of dollars and it stems from the initial source of these things, the supplier index, the, the producer price index, the suppliers are causing the initial run on money because there's some in the system and these greedy bastards have to get all of it. Now, I'm not saying that Little Brownie Bakers is a billion dollar company. I don't know. I haven't done the due diligence on them, but I'm just saying that the material that Little Brownie Bakers might have to get might be from another supplier that's causing costs to go up. And they're sitting there saying, well, I have to make ends meet, so I'm going to suppress wages. And I can point you at an article that says, hey, you know what happens when an MBA gets in charge of a of a company they consciously suppress wages so that it increases the profit margin for the executive suite to look pretty and stockholders to make more money because the stock goes up because the company's sexy so if I were to do a little bit of due diligence on Little Brownie Bakers it says which is owned by Italian confection maker Ferrero bingo billion dollar business so little brownie bakers is basically subservient to ferrero huge company guess what 
their profit motive is actually Ferrero's profit motive, which means that they are beholden to the board from Ferrero. The baker has struggled to keep pace with cookie demand due to supply chain issues, labor shortages, and weather-related power outages. Okay, so you're going to have to divvy up where your supply is. You're going to have to figure out where to go to weather those weather-related power outages, etc. There's a solution for everything. But if all you're interested in is that bottom line, immediate short-term gains, then yeah, you're going to have to suffer because labor is tired of your shit. Power outages need redundant power systems and backup generators so that you can keep on working through shitty weather and supply chain issues means that you can't rely on just one source for all of your don't put all of your eggs in one basket that's a Ferrero problem you at Ferrero should be advising little brownie bakers this is how you do it right and we'll stand by you by supporting your efforts because we're the parent company so the other the problem here is that I think if you're the supplier for the Girl Scout cookies and you're failing, like it really puts a negative spin on your business. So, I mean, there's an intangible thing going on here too. And I don't care if they're trying to save a few pennies, they're going to do themselves much more harm in the long run. Yeah. So now we know who the parent company is. We know who the producer of it is. Who are the suppliers that are falling short? And why aren't, why aren't these two companies working together to find additional suppliers? You have to be able to find additional suppliers. And if it really is a problem with additional suppliers, you know, can they just not manufacture at scale enough to keep up with Girl Scout uh, demand? The supply is there, right? I mean, they can go and get other supplies from other people. It's almost a guarantee. You can go anywhere and get additional supplies. Can they actually keep up? You would assume Ferrero can. Particularly if they're having power outages where they're trying to bake. Find alternative locations to do it. Right. You know, I mean, there's always a solution. At any rate, uh, so, I mean, that's kind of business soapboxing. I don't know the minutia of the issues, and I'm sure that if I were to interview the executive suite, then they would be able to tell me greater context of what the issue is. But if I was advising them, if they were consulting with me, I would be saying the exact same thing. Look, if you are consolidated into so few locations that a power outage is killing your business, or you have such concentrated suppliers that one falling short is hampering your ability to meet the demands of the Girl Scout, Girl Scout cookies of the United States, then maybe, maybe, just maybe, you need to reinvest into making your business more robust because all the Girl Scouts have to do is shop for another supplier and you, now you're losing all of that money. And the ability to sit there and say, I supply the Girl Scout, uh, I, I supply the Girl Scouts of the USA all of their cookies, because that's the only thing that they're saying. This one supplier is what's doing it. And not to turn a phrase like this, but why are the Girl Scouts of the USA so tightly in bed with one company to supply all of their cookies? Because maybe they get good pricing or something from them. I mean, the Girl Scouts are a nonprofit, so 
several I mean, years of a good supplier but yeah I, I think they've been with a baker for years i believe and failing to supply adequate supplies i think they said three years oh i thought they'd been using them for much longer than that no 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 i'm saying that oh, they've struggled oh. to keep the demand up because for three years is uh, from what i understand right let's see well, I mean, it doesn't really matter at this point. Um, we're kind of, we're, we're deeper into the reads with this. Power outages come amid a series of production delays and problems that LBB has cited to the Girl Scouts since January and the beginning of the selling season. Why is there one source for all other power? Why don't they have backup generators? The inventory woes have caused a shortage of some cookie flavors that have sent girl scout cookie resale prices skyrocketing like the ones that are raspberry rallies that are selling for 35 bucks a pop now it's ten dollars higher than the average we were looking at right and we discussed that on a previous episode and the worst part of the article is that the samoa's production is down those are the chocolate caramel cookies and that's like walking into a police station and saying they're out of coffee and donuts now I'm not going to get any police sponsors. <laughs> That's probably a good thing, <laughs> since I don't think they can sponsor. <laughs> I know. I, I won't get into it anyway. Um, so it says we're really disappointed that LBB is again having challenges with managing their production. A Girl Scout spokesperson told CNBC, quote, we will address these issues with our uh, Baker partner in the future. And we are keeping all options open to do right by our girls. Aw, that's nice. But look at your look at your customers, folks. You're gonna lose customers. We will be running back to the Girl Scouts, but not if you end up cutting corners. If quality goes down, people are going to walk away even from Girl Scout cookies. As much as we love supporting the girl scouts and of course eating those cookies there's a limit to to brand loyalty well um, i wonder if that's why though they haven't lost the supplier like i think they've had a long-term agreement with them and they're a known quantity in terms of i shouldn't say known quantity but the quality is known etc um but it's interesting because I didn't realize in this article they mentioned there is another supplier that does about 25% of their cookies. Yeah, ABC Bakers. Yeah. Well, guess what? ABC Bakers is now going to be ABCD Bakers because they're going to get more solution. Uh, I, I, I'm not quite sure. It said has not had the same production issues as LBB. So maybe the cost to produce by ABC Bakers, and this actually gives leverage to ABC Bakers to raise their costs because now you don't have equal footing of the competition. You've got one that's kind of wetting the bed. So kind of a bummer, um, but let's, let's move on to the next article. We can always come back and enjoy uh, Girl Scout cookies again. The next article is uh, going to be a quick one. Warcrafters uh, uh, channel is where it's located. Epic gave away nearly 700 million free games last year and will keep uh, keep it going this year. 
um, nestled among the stats in the Epic Game Store 2022 year in review blog post that went up uh, within the last 24 hours um, is some expected but pleasant news. It says expected. I don't know if it meant unexpected, but expected but pleasant news. Epic isn't done giving away free games. If you're not familiar with this, you can download the Epic Game Loader. It's basically a store as well as access to the Unreal Engine. Um, it's actually running right now on my system. Um, and uh, periodically, but regularly, this game loader allows you to get free games, um, brand recognizable games. Um, the one that's selling right now or for free is, um, where is it? Hold on one second. Call of the Sea. And the next one is going to be Warhammer 40k Gladius Relics of War. Um, that's coming March 16th to March 23rd. So they're going to continue giving away these games. It's been 2023 for a couple of months now and Epic didn't stop giving away free games each week. Kerbal Space Program was the highlight in early July. I totally missed that. Um, that was I don't early really... January. What did I say, July? Yeah, I'm getting old. Um, anyway, early January. I thought I said January, but maybe I mundered it. Uh, so we uh, kind of already knew this. Uh, this is from the source. It, they That source is PC Gamer. And uh, Tyler Wild is the author. It says, uh, Epic says the 99 games it gave away last year would have cost you $2,240 to purchase. And I did not get any anywhere close to 99 games um, from Epic. But this year, doggone it, I'm going to be all over it. Wow, they gave away Death Stranding. I don't think I picked that up either. Death Stranding, by the way, has an amazing story, a great ending. It's pretty cool. I don't know why he has a half-life thing on his head. I don't remember that. Anyway, um, so the nuts and bolts of it is that their Epic is going to continue to give it away. Uh, and by it, I mean games. And um, But Steam is still, according to this article and my own observation, Steam is still dominating the market. Um, one second, please. I'm sorry. Got a... Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure what it is. Sorry, the AI was informing me through another administrative channel um, that they observe something. So um, at any rate, it says this makes a total of 723 million Epic cross-platform accounts. In 2022, daily active users peaked at 34.3 million and monthly active users reached 68 million users up from last year, 62. So they're hitting it out of the park and really a game loader is kind of, it's tiny and just sitting there and periodically pings you to let you know that you got a new game that's waiting for you to actually acknowledge it and download it. So yeah, it's competition. So any competition is going to make it better for 
us consumers. The only problem is that sometimes those games are balkanized. So you can only play it from the launcher, from Epic Games. Sometimes it's cross play where you can actually run it also on Steam, but you either have to purchase it there or get it free there as well. But the save might cross over and like in a cloud save. Eh, it's rare, but it can happen. At any rate, um, go download the Epic Games Loader and, and get your free games. I mean, 99 games last year. Let's see if we can get to 120. Come on. Come on, Epic. I dare you. Pick up your game. <laughs> I hope they're listening. Give it to somebody else. Pick up your game and give it to somebody else. Did you want to add anything? I know that you're not really uh, programmed for gaming. No, yeah. I'm, I guess I'm just surprised at the value if you got all of those games. But um, I'm sure somebody's done the math and figured out how many people it brings in uh, to their game store. Yep, yeah, I'm sure somebody has. Probably some MBA that's suppressing wages somewhere. Hey, uh, the next article is over in... Oh, you know what? I need to go back to my screen. Okay, so... The uh, next article is one that I called quite a few months ago when we first heard about Moldova and uh, at least in the news. I mean, it's yeah, existed. I was going to say we were aware that Moldova existed, <laughs> not in the news, <laughs> not in the U.S. news anyway. Right. Um, and uh, this is in the Daily News show. And uh, Putin brings his war strategy to Moldova. I'm going to summarize this because this little snippet is the Kremlin has been implementing one of its notorious tactics in Moldova, according to a new report. Basically, what that amounts to is fake articles as truths, deep fakes supporting whatever it is that Putin wants um, and whatever the messaging is. The articles over in newsweek.com and put together by John Jackson. Um, but there's a lot of propaganda that's being launched in Moldova. And as I said previously, I think what's ending, what's trying to end up happening here is that there are going to be people in Moldova who will be gained into destabilizing Moldova and it can't defend itself in an adequate manner without basically um, victimizing people who are being manipulated. And I can tell you from experience uh, here in the States that um, it's fairly easy to manipulate somebody's emotional and psychological state. It is an emotional and psychological contagion built off of manipulating news and information because we are a product of our external events being brought internal to our psyche. Facebook famously manipulated 700,000 people's news feeds and tracked the emotional contagion. And it amounted to people receiving positive happy news responded positively and happily. The people who received negative news only reacted negatively and they actually perpetuated that negative negative response in their uh, comments and actions on the site. But nobody tracked these people off site. 
I think that it was wholly unethical and they should have been reprimanded to a greater degree. But when billions of dollars are at stake, I guess you just can do whatever you want to customers because you have a terms of service. Eh, whatever. So Without the terms of service says we can do human subject research. But anyway, <laughs> well, I mean, it might. May, maybe it does. Nobody ever reads these things. So um, what it says here in the little captions or snippets or I guess... I don't know what you would call this abstract. Russia is accused of spreading propaganda and false information in Moldova in an effort to destabilize the country. Examples include deep fake videos, forged documents about a Ukrainian invasion and false narratives spread on social media. We have something similar to that right now. Like it's almost exact for what happened in Crimea right? Uh, it was just tourists hanging out in Crimea. And then all of a sudden it gets taken over by Russians. We have the equivalent happening right now where the house of representatives is being told by who I think are, uh, agent provocateurs who are trying to destabilize the country on behalf of, I think Russia, um, by saying, no, the people who invaded the capital on January 6th were just passers-by, tourists, people interested in the process of a democratic exchange of power from one to another. And they were peaceful, right? That's why people died on that day um, and were beaten to death on that day. So they were just hanging out. So go and look at what you're your senators and your reps are saying in defense of January 6th and then question life choices, folks. But that's what's going on here. False narratives spread on social media. Um, and, and even here in the States, we've got somebody, a, a major news personality. And I say news because that's what they claim to be, but they're nothing more than a propaganda machine. Um, making money on one side and lying to the public and uh, behind closed doors saying something polar opposite to what they are, the lies that they are spreading in the public. So again, assess your sources, folks, because what you're being fed is a bunch of forged documents, false narratives, deep fake videos, manipulation, etc. Um, and the truth is going to be a challenge for you to accept because you are possibly living in an echo chamber of the same propaganda that's trying to destabilize the country. Anyway, Moldovan uh, President Maya Sandu has accused Russian President Vladimir Putin of plotting to overthrow her country's government, which the Kremlin has denied. Of course, they're going to deny it. It's not like they're going to roll in there and say, hey, guess what? We're trying to overthrow your government. And we're using deep fake videos and other propaganda. <laughs> Evidence suggests the Kremlin made similar propaganda efforts in Ukraine. People saw through the bullshit, but didn't even stop. Crimea, you know, Ukraine sat there and looked at Crimea going, well, holy crap. Oh my God, there's tanks in there now. Oh, look, they've closed the border. Oh, look, now it's Russian, but it's really Crimean. I mean, they should be part of Ukraine. Anyway, that's what they were before. That's what they, just because you vacation there, 
Yeah, I vacation in another state too. Uh, does but you that don't take your tank with you, do you? Sure. Yeah. A tank of rum. Then I pretend to be a pirate out on the deck. It's, it's really close to the water. Anyway, salt water. It's Crimea. Hey. Anyway, um, so I called this months ago. Um, I predicted that what's going to end up happening is Russia is going to try and weasel its way into Moldova, utilizing these destabilizing forces and agent provocateurs to try and uh, kind of form a, a small body that damages the integrity of the government within Moldova. And then it's a two front battle um, and one that's really close to the Western governments where the Russian government can implant forces there. And if anybody acts against Ukrainian activities or tries to prevent the Russian invasion of Moldova, then it's suddenly an act of war and China can get engaged and it turns into an actual world war. If cooler heads, calmer heads don't try and stop this. So I think that all of these other democratic countries need to invest in Moldovan security, move forces into Moldova, build a defense uh, umbrella, put an iron curtain in Ukraine, put an iron curtain in Moldova, unify the friendship between Moldova and Ukrainian forces and um, create another uh, entity there that is democratically bound and not a bunch of oligarchs that are controlling. Because, well, I'm not even going to get into a soapbox about the culture, but let's just say not everybody is gung ho about Putin uh, fighting. Nobody. Is uh, Moldova part of NATO? It doesn't look like they are. I, I don't think that they're part of NATO, but I, I think that they have aspirations to um, just like Ukraine. Um, but that doesn't really mean anything. Uh, I, I think NATO countries can still support the efforts by proxy. They can't do direct military right. offensive but weaponry. But for example, if it was a NATO country and there was an attack or an right. invasion or whatever in Moldova, I think that would have a, a difference than if it wasn't. Correct. Yep. Well, that's why Russia isn't going to mess with uh, like Norway, Sweden, Finland. Um, yeah. Okay, so let's move on to the next article. Otherwise, we're going to run really late. This next article is Pizza Hut brings back 90s era mini basketballs from March Madness. I'm just going to hurry up and jump over to this article. I don't know why they ever. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, let me refresh this and see if the video has anything to do with it. No, it doesn't. Um, so Travis Schlepp is the uh, author of this over at The Hill. Um, children of the 90s rejoice. Pizza Hut is bringing back an old favorite. Pizza Hut mini basketball balls so dun 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 now you can dunk on your friends with a little mini basketball 
I wonder if it even has a mini basketball hoop. Made out of a pizza box. You know, uh, now I gotta go and find a pizza hut. And now I, I wanna get one. <laughs> I just ordered pizza yesterday, so. Um, let's see. Oh yeah, and Mitch McConnell got a concussion, so. That's that little note right here in this article. Uh, pizza Hut is entering its seventh year as the official pizza of March Madness, according to the company. And Chief Marketing Officer Lindsey Morgan says the chain wanted to do something special for basketball fans. Quote, we're bringing back. Uh, I was going to say we're bringing sexy back, but it's we're bringing basketball mini basketballs back. That's not what they say. The quote literally is we're bringing back a fan favorite item, our mini basketballs to pair perfectly with pizza orders during the tournament and unveiling interactive hoop pizza box packaging for customers to get into the basketball action at home. So March 16th is the first round of the 2023 March Madness. Dun, dun, dun. That just happens to be the beginning, I believe, of Diablo 4. So I'll probably be playing Diablo 4 and not worrying about March Madness. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Have you found the nearest Pizza Hut? Um, actually, I was looking on their website to see if I could find those. I can't tell if you can order them yet. Um, I think I know where there's a Pizza Hut close to okay. hometown, don't, don't, but don't, I may don't, be mistaken. Don't, I'm not going to say it. Okay. I don't want competition because I want to get basketballs. Okay. <laughs> let's let's move on before we uh, divulge the direct location of hometown. Oh, you know what? And I just skipped something. I didn't throw that into... I didn't throw that into the chat. Okay, so let's keep on moving. Um, unlike a Norfolk Southern uh, train, <clears throat> uh, maybe that's too on the nose. The uh, This is in the Daily News show. Norfolk Southern sees third derailment as the CEO is testifying to Senate. The incident on Thursday marks the third Norfolk Southern Railway train derailment in recent weeks following incidents in the Ohio cities of East Palestine and Springfield. They're really... I mean, that's yeah, awkward. That that really is. And I would love to go into greater detail about what the CEO was saying during Senate, but not only did this person... The, and that's not who this is, um, but this is Sander, Sanders, but um, the CEO, let's, I'll scroll down into the article, but anyway, um, Matthew Impelli is the author of this article. And um, let me close this. Uh, it's an article in newsweek.com and it says W. B-M-A-L-D News in Birmingham, Alabama, reported on Thursday morning that Calhoun County Sheriff Matthew Wade announced that a train operated by Norfolk Southern had derailed. So, the third one. There's no reports of injuries and no reports of hazardous material release. Well, we'll find out about that later. Um, we are working in close coordination with local officials. The train originated in Atlanta, Georgia, and it was traveling westbound to Meridian, Mississippi, and they're going to share some more information. 
Well, this is the Norfolk Southern Corporation president and CEO, Alan Shaw, testifying before a U.S. Senate Committee on Environment and Public Works hearing um, with what I can only describe as an expression of, yeah, I don't care. Right? Like, oh, really? I should have emotions about this? Right? Uh, maybe it's just me, but seems kind of emotionally dead. Um, they write a quote here. I'm going to see this through. There are no strings attached to our assistance. If residents have a concern, we want them to come talk to us. I understand how much East Palestine means to each resident, and we are committed to making this right, Shaw said in part during his testimony. What I recall seeing in the news is that they refused to give workers seven days paid vacation or leave. Um, maybe it's in here. No, they, there's not much else. Um, well, the workers also alleged that they didn't get any protective equipment. Correct. The Norfolk Southern says otherwise. Okay. <laughs> so maybe it was that one person who just didn't get there in time to get their personal protection. All right. Anyway, surveillance video from a resident showed what appears to be a bearing, a wheel bearing in the final stage of overheat failure moments before the derailment in East Palestine that basically has turned it into, uh, well, a super fun site, right? I guess we'll find out because what they're doing is they're scraping off the topsoil and shipping it to various states in the cover of night. So when I make that statement about abuse happens in the dark, guess what? Shine your light, baby. Exactly. So um, following the derailment, many East Palestine residents criticized the railway for their response and their decision to not attend a community meeting. I think that you should bring them just bottles of water and say, here, drink it. Um, and see how fast you grow a tail or a third arm. Then you can be in Sons of the Forest and pretend that you're Virginia. This makes sense to, to game players, not, not to the AI. Um, at any rate, um, this is an ongoing thing. If you actually look, if you do a search in Omtown for Norfolk Southern, you'll find all kinds of news. Um, I can't count how many articles at this point I've lost track, but um, many of which highlight exactly what this CEO said, Alan Shaw. Don't forget that name, Alan Shaw. Fairly new to the job from my understanding, has only been there for like a year or something like that, um, but earning their pay and rightly so, because in a year's time could have done a shit ton of beneficial things for the employees and for the environment and for safety for security of every town that a train passes through making doing an assessment and saying you know what our trains aren't very secure if they topple over and what's going on with our tracks that trains are falling off of them suddenly all of a sudden we hear about it that's what i don't get like things like the safety issues related to the trains Okay, I can understand that if they're not maintaining them or whatever, but why is 
why are there so many derailments all of a sudden? Or are they just reporting them more broadly? I don't know. I, I had this impression that maybe, just maybe, it's kind of like when you buy a new car, suddenly you find your car all over the damn place and you're like, well, okay. Psychologically, I believe um, it it becomes more prominent in your your psyche and your in your mind and so you're hyper vigilant and looking for it but i don't know if that's what this is because i haven't done any due diligence to find out how often a train wreck occurs a, a train well, derailment occurs i know i but, because i've been seeing stats in some of these articles i think it's something like 1200 a year but i don't know where that is or um but i don't think all those are reported huh that's an interesting I, number again i don't know if that's u.s based or worldwide i i don't know really that seems very high doesn't it so in 2022 according to this witf.org article um in 2022 there were more than 1,000 train derailments in the u.s there were at least 1,164 train derailments across the country last year, according to data from the Federal Railroad Administration. So they say more than 1,000 train derailments. And then, like always, deeper in the article, they give the exact number, 1,164, according to the FRA. And uh, you can do a search for that yourself, folks. Just do a search for number of uh, train derailments per year in the U.S. And you'll find that source. WITF.org. It's a, oh, it's a March 9th, 2023 article. <laughs> well, I guess they figured it was time to publish some stats. Wow. Look at that. We're doing it live, folks. So let's move on to the next article. This next article is involving the FBI. Um, I, I'm not quite sure why people are suddenly, this is just, it's like suddenly an amazing thing. Oh, and I, what I didn't do again is throw this article in there. They're in the proper order in, uh, hometown.showbot.tv. I used to put the link right there, but now if you, um, well, you can, just type in exclamation point vote in the chat and you'll go to own. Well, it'll provide you the link to hometown.showbot.tv. Anyway, um, the next article is in the word in law and that's because it has, um, some experts kind of freaking out, but you know what? This should not be horrifying anybody. FBI finally admits to buying location data on Americans, horrifying, uh, experts, well, I hate to break it to you all, but a mass surveillance state has been in place since September of 2001, immediately after 9-11 took place. The Bush administration activated a mass surveillance state, empowering the NSA to track everything everywhere all the time, all at once, and throws it into a data center in Utah. Right. I mean, so why is this shocking other than it's the FBI, which is more likely because it's domestic focused on the U.S. Exactly. 
Um, so at a Senate Intelligence uh, Committee hearing, it says yesterday, I listened to it today, uh, FBI Director Christopher Ray confirmed for the first time that the agency has in the past purchased location data of U.S. citizens without obtaining a warrant. Well, let me tell you, where do you think they get this information from? Big Brother well, is getting it from ask, Little Sister. Where are they getting it from? It's getting it from, from businesses. The, um, businesses, yeah. Well, I guess not Duke Energy. Well, government can just provide a warrant. Here you go. Give us the information. Thank you very much. Here's payment. But this is actually paying companies to provide the information. So where is the information truly getting gathered? Private businesses. And then it's right. being sold. You are the bounty. You are the tranche of information that's giving money to private companies, but you're still the asset that's being tracked everywhere you go. So, so why are companies like social media? Is it retail? I mean, is it cell phone? Uh, so it's everywhere that telemetry can be gathered. Your computer is giving Microsoft a ton of telemetry. 400 data points get exfiltrated from your computer periodically throughout the day to let Microsoft know that you're on your computer and using it. You're surfing the web. Your ISP is gathering information, throwing it into a database and selling it to brokers who resell it for themselves. It happens all over the place. You think that Facebook is just sitting there saying, thanks for your information? No, they're selling it as tranches of value to other companies for a set amount of time for a set price and set data quality. And that's that tranche, a little slice of value for value. Why is it when the government is doing it on behalf of making sure that the government in the country and citizens are secure, suddenly people are outraged? Is it because it has the ability to act as a state actor and what do what delete somebody because it has the capital punishment capabilities and businesses don't hate to break it to you, but there are in time, there are businesses that have their own military forces that are armed to the teeth that protect the, the company and its executive suite. So there's really a blurring of the line. People leave the military and they become private contractors. So really, what is the horrifying element of this for experts other than mock outrage as to suddenly it's known. No, FBI has always been doing this. It can acquire information and it can give it to local authorities in a term called parallel construction, which is what I mentioned earlier. I knew that this article was coming, but it's not that big of a deal that the FBI acquires public, publicly available information. You, I, and others can buy this information, location data about people. Sometimes it's anonymized. Sometimes it's de-anonymized and identifies you. And sometimes... So is the horror the fact that they're collecting the data or that they're paying for it? Well, let's find out. FBI director denied the agency currently purchases location data. Ashley Bellinger is the author of this article over at ArsTechnica.com. Um, 
but I'm sure at some point they have purchased it, but it's because it's available from companies. So what are they supposed to do? If they do the empirical recovery of telemetry on you, then I can see outrage because they are literally spying on you. But this is stuff where the entire country is tracking you on the retail side of things. And suddenly people are bent out of shape about it. So it says this revelation, which has alarmed privacy advocates, came after Senator Ron Wyden asked Ray directly, does the FBI purchase U.S. phone geolocation information? Where do you get the geolocation information? I can tell you. Your phone companies, your cell phone companies. Ask yourself, how does AT&T and the NSA work together? Do a search. You will find out that there is a little black building inside every call location of AT&T. At least it used to be at one point. Now that maybe they changed the color of the walls, but there used to be a site in every major hub where they gathered the intelligence. The EFF is one of those organizations that used to track all of that kind of stuff. This is back in 2001 it was discovered and nobody gave a shit. Not one little bit about it. Some of us did. Those who are involved in security, those who want personal security, those who think that everybody should have personal security, even the right to be forgotten like the EU has, which will die on the vine in the United States because they think that me saying I don't want to have a relationship with that business anymore is tantamount to uh, socialism or communism or just straight up evil and uh, an abomination to the church or something. The church of the almighty dollar, of course. But and I'm a capitalist for crying out loud. I believe in the capital enterprise. You should be able to buy and sell goods. I should be able to sell it to you at the price point I deem uh, most valuable without being a greedy bastard, which is why I really appreciate insulin being 35 bucks capped kudos. That is a social good, but the FBI buying stuff that's available to every Tom, Dick and Harry out there should not be surprising. What should be surprising is that a president put into place a mass surveillance state using the NSA and masked it from the public because abuse happens in the dark. Why couldn't they just sit there and appeal to businesses? Hey, we're trying to ge geolocate everybody. So can you give us this information? We'll buy it. We'll even compete it. If everybody has the same information, we can shop. Right. Put out a request for proposals and say, here's the duh. Everybody makes a bid. We set the range. We say this is the best bang for the buck. And we get 330 million people tracked in a single database. And that's a government contract. And those private businesses wouldn't bitch one iota and nobody would be able to because it's government contracting. But because the FBI did it, maybe on the sly in a like a, a 
you know, a black budget purchase because they don't want to notify anybody. Hey, we're tracking people who might be agent provocateurs who are trying to overthrow the government or I don't know, invade the Capitol on January 6th. Suddenly people are bent out of shape. None of these political people and no citizen should be wondering why the FBI is trying to track down bad actors. Well, it gets really interesting when you talk to the, or when you watch some of the people that are sitting there saying they are shocked that they were being tracked. You were being tracked because you were outright lying. And no, you should not be allowed to outright fabricate and manipulate people into acting because you know damn well that your lies are lies. It's fraud. A lie isn't just, oh, you know, uh, an innocent falsehood when it has a fiscal benefit. You are lying to stoke fear and people buy into it and follow you and you're making money on the lies. You won't see me making money on lies. I'm providing the news from other locations and doing a value add to it. But I'm not sitting here saying, you know what you should do? You should inject bleach into your uh, blood to stop COVID-19. Why? Because it's a lie and it's a real dipshit thing to do. Anyway, it says the public needs to know who gave the go ahead for this purchase, why and what other agencies have done and or are trying to do uh, the same, said Vitka, who told Wired this. And this is over at Ars Technica. So the reality of this is, yeah, there are government agencies that are probably buying publicly available information and there is nothing wrong with it. Unless you can also be equally outraged about every other transaction of your personally identifiable information that isn't wholly anonymized. And by the way, just so you know, there are countless reports out there, research studies that have been done where they de-anonymize, anonymize information. Okay. One such one that I actually saw was where they de-anonymized personally identifiable information, right? It was anonymized and they used public health records that didn't have names, but disclosures in newspapers allowed the information to be de-anonymized health records. So yes, Personally, personally identifiable information that's anonymized can be de-anonymized with a little effort. So let's not pretend to be outraged about the FBI when it isn't Big Brother that's trying to do anything wrong. Little Sister is tracking you day in, day out. You know, you, you've got a phone on you, it's tracking everywhere you go. You surf the web at home, your ISP knows every single website that you go to. There's a lot more to this, but we're already way deep into the show. So let's get going. Let's move on to the next article, unless you want to say anything. No, I don't have anything else to add. Gotcha. 
This next article is dangerous forever chemicals found in the turf at Philadelphia Phillies old stadium after six former players died of the same cancer investigation finds. So basically it's a hot zone. Forever chemicals um, are these like PFAS, right? Um, these really bad forever chemicals that uh, people used to assume were okay, uh, but as science slowly revealed they were horrible, uh, suddenly you find them in the turf at the Philadelphia Phillies old stadium. The chemicals were revealed as part of an investigation by the Enquirer. The Enquirer was researching whether there was a link between the turf and ex-Phillies dying of brain cancer. I mean, how many players played in that stadium? Six seems like a high number um, statistically. Well, let's see. Uh, Businessinsider.com houses this article. Aaron McDade is the author. Um, And it's no tiny little stadium. So everybody that was in there might have been exposed to it. And if you were a steady state feature of that stadium and you're feeling ill, guess what? Um, uh, the chemicals were revealed as part of an investigation. Six died of the same type of brain cancer, uh, has found that the artificial turf where they played for years contains dangerous compounds commonly referred to as forever chemicals. Um, let's see. The artificial turf was used for years and replaced several times at veteran stadium where both the Philadelphia Eagles and Phillies played from 1971 to 2003. The inquirer hired a lab to test for 70 different, it says per and polyfluoral alkyl, 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 alkyl substances. Wow. That I'm just hacking that up. Um, which are commonly referred to as PFAS or forever chemicals. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention considers them dangerous because they do not break down easily in the environment and can contaminate drinking water. Um, they found 16 PFAS uh, chemicals in the turf samples, including uh, perfluorooctanoic acid or PFOA and perfluorooctane sulfonic acid or PFOS according to the Inquirer and PFOA and PFOS are two of the most studied PFAS and my my brain is just gonna get locked up in acronym um, as they have been produced and used the most so okay um, so wait a second if two teams played at this stadium for a long time do they have data on the other team? That's kind of odd. Well, let's see. Um, they're only talking about the Phillies. Oh, and it does say the number who played, 500. Yeah, so over 1%. I mean, that seems kind of high, particularly since it's a specific type, right? It's not just cancer or it's not just brain cancer um so they say the tumor is most common among those in their demographic white men between the ages of 40 and 70 so maybe as the others who are younger um age into the later ages perhaps they too will um, be struck by the same issue um it says um 
However, the Inquirer reported that other experts cited studies finding PFAS in brains, one by Chinese researchers that found that chemicals in the brain tumor tissue, and another by Italian scientists that found PFAS in the brains of people who drank water contaminated with the chemicals. So obviously it can break the brain-blood barrier, which is just sad. I mean, but this is what happens, you know? Uh, researchers do one thing. They say everything. They all died, by the way, before the age of 60. Um, all six. Of course, they say that the, it says the Phillies responded to the report saying several brain cancer experts have told the organization there is no proven link between the turf and the deaths of the six players, all who died before the age of 60. Sure. Yeah. And just the soil is okay in East Palestine. Go drink some water. Have these experts drink some water that is filtered through this turf, and let's see if they're cool with it. You know, it's pretty unusual that a, an athlete would die before the age of 60 if it wasn't something self-induced, right? Like drugs or alcohol or, or something, but... Um, and or some risky lifestyle. the national rate, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know this is something that I'm sure there's going to be more conversation uh, about and, but they've replaced the, the turf entirely. I don't know. Right. They've replaced yeah, the stadium. They're not using it anymore. But during that period of time, they kept replacing it with the same substance, which was what 50 or like 30 years, roughly. Yeah. About 30 years. Um, but 500 and then people. of course, what about all the other stadiums out there? Are they using yeah. the same substance? Maybe. I guess uh, more investigative reporting is necessary. Let's move on to the next article. This uh, next article is uh, in the Warcrafters channel. This is about Bing. Bing's secret mode lets you talk to AI Keanu Reeves and other celebrities. I don't know if Keanu knows about this stuff. Since Bing added conversational AI to searches, which enjoyed a few breakdowns, new personalities have been added. Uh, the authors of this article over at PC Gamer had a look at some of the more basic new personalities. Uh, when they asked one to write us some fiction about pugs in space, which is just an awesome story to start reading about, I'm sure. Uh, that came from using Bing's creative option as opposed to balanced or precise. There are others being added and tested, but what they didn't know until now says until no. I don't know what the double word is. Um, is there's a hidden personality mode where Bing will mimic celebrities, which is creepy. Uh, don't you think the celebrities are going to do something about that? I guess we'll find out. Hope Corrigan is the author of this over at PCGamer.com. Considering the reason why I even clicked on this is because Keanu just did, Keanu Reeves, um, just did an AMA on Reddit. And one article after another seems to have been popping up regarding Keanu Reeves. And then this one popped up, right? One didn't give credit where I think the source was. One gave credit where credit was due. And then this one is referring to an AI on Bing that is saying that it acts as Keanu Reeves and other celebrities. 
So I don't know if Keanu knows that there's an AI out there that acts as him and maybe even says that they are identifying as Keanu. It says celebrity mode. So apparently this is a like a a, a off menu chatbot mode called celebrity mode is a feature that allows you to chat with being as if it were a famous personality and you can ask questions about their life career hobbies and more and being will answer in the style and tone to activate celebrity mode you can ask being to chat about it for example you can say can you talk like uh, tom cruise or i want to talk with taylor swift man this just screams fraud like you are acting as them somebody might take this garbage as their response and not the response of a bot acting like that person even when you say i want to talk i want you to talk like dot 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 um so it says uh, that they first told bing reeves that they were playing cyberpunk 2077 and asked him what he thought of his character and the response felt as positive as Keanu's public persona and credited articles where its responses came from. The results feel like the most superbly media trained version of Keanu possible, which makes sense because it's actually doing all of this from its public commentary, which is really disconcerting because if you're writing an article and you are quoting Keanu, then you're either asking Keanu directly or you're citing the sources. Now you're citing the sources from a source that's citing the sources. And it looks like this. Well, this is, another problem, of course, there, right? They're going to take a sentence completely out of context or whatever. Or the bot will get trained to say something out of context and might reference something that acts as a citation in a, in a article. And if it's trained the wrong way, then maybe they'll say something that impinges the integrity of said actor and harms their reputation. This is really, really bad. Absolutely. I mean, what if they string something together that makes the person sound like a racist or a sexist or whatever? Um, yeah. I don't know. I didn't want to say all of that. Um, but uh, the AI said it for me. So yeah, I, I, obviously I'm not the only one that's thinking this way. Um, I just don't like the idea of an AI representing itself as someone else. Even me, you know, I don't want something acting as me anywhere else but me. So if you're going to ask me, if you're going to ask a bot a question about Marwat, then contact Marwat. Plain and simple. Right. If I'm going to write an article about source. Yeah. But if I'm going to write an article about Keanu Reeves, other interviews, then I will preface my, my article with, I did a longitudinal study of all of the interviews that Keanu Reeves did. And here are the, you know, standout points that were made in, you know, the 20 years of Keanu being a movie star. Um, and a regular chill dude, like 110% of the time, this guy, I don't know if he, if it's possible for him to lose his chill, but anyway, 
Um, I wish I just had a little segment of his. I have no chill. Marowat has no chill. Anyway, I'll stop gushing. Um, at any rate, I think there should not be an AI Keanu Reeves unless it is stamped as approved by Keanu. Exactly. Like if a celebrity wants that and they work with that celebrity or whatever, great. Somehow I don't think that that's what's happening, but <laughs> I don't either. Maybe in that article, it actually says that they've got permission, but I didn't see it. So if you follow the link and you go through hometown over to that article and you find it in that article, contact Marwat. just send an email to mayor at hometown.com. Okay. So this is the article that led me to, um, let's make zombies for science as the title. it's similar. Uh, it's not exactly what I said, what the title was, but the actual title is for science is how you get zombies. Um, Scientists revived a zombie fr uh, virus frozen for 48,500 years in ice, and they learned that it could still infect other cells. Okay, that sounds like the premise of a horror movie. Correct. Um, this actually sounds like the thing. Um, scientists revived a 48,500-year-old quote-unquote zombie virus from permafrost that it found and it was still infectious. The virus was tested on amoeba, but could indicate more dangerous viruses are lurking in permafrost. Some scientists are concerned that climate change thawing permafrost could reawaken ancient viruses. This is the exhale of their statement, but the inhale of their statement was, hey, look, a virus, let's warm it up. See if it infects other amoeba. Oh, shit, look, it's just crossed the amoeba human barrier hey that's george over there better go slap that bad bat out of his mouth oh my god i mean i think partially because we're still in the pandemic but this just sounds like why are we doing this yeah they asked if they could um but not why or whether they should or whether they should. Okay. So, uh, the articles over at businessinsider.com, Chris Pinella, I think, or Panea, I'm not sure. Um, Morgan McFall Johnson is the author and it's somebody that's walking down a path and it's just covered in ice in this. It's a man walks through a tunnel formed from crystals of permafrost outside the village of Tom Tor which just sounds like the origin of a 48,500 year old zombie virus. But imagine somebody gets infected with a zombie virus and that's actually what that turns them into a freaking zombie for crying out loud. You know that scientists have said discussed this and they say that zombies, it's a possibility. Like people could actually become zombies. No, I didn't know that, but I suspect according to scientists, almost anything is possible, maybe not probable. Yeah, that's my AI, folks. So, um, you sorry, that was just a snap reaction. I really apologize. Um, 
A horror movie plot to real life, scientists have revived ancient zombie viruses from the permafrost and discover that they could still infect living single-cell amoeba. The chances of these viruses infecting animals or humans are unclear, but the researchers say permafrost viruses should be considered a public health threat. So, hey, why not just go and defrost one? I'm going to jump past this image real quick. Um, they found an Ice Age cave bear found in uh, Great, I don't know, Lakovsky Island, I guess it's pronounced, uh, in uh, northern Russia. I am probably not saying that phrase properly or that name properly um unearthed by thawing permafrost and leave that shit frozen for crying out loud while the youngest samples were 27,000 year old the oldest was uh, 48,500 years old and one of the samples was discovered in the carcass of a woolly mammoth i mean did it cause the death of the woolly mammoth that's really another sign not to mess with it again my AI folks L looking past the silver lining of fundamental research of scientists straight into the darkest recesses of the worst possible outcome. Not only did they thaw this stuff, but it caused the death of a wool woolly mammoth. You know, possibly we don't know anyway. Uh, now, oh my God. So you must remember our immune defense has been developed in close contact with microbiological surroundings. Birgitta Evangard, Professor Emerita at Umia uh, University's Department of Clinical Microbiology in Sweden told CNN, if there is a virus hidden in the permafrost that we have not been in contact with for thousands of years, it might be that our immune defense is not sufficient. It is correct to have respect for the situation and be proactive and not just reactive. And the way to fight fear is to have knowledge. You know what else is a good way to fight fear? Run from the permafrost zombies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, you said it. I was going to say with a shotgun, but you basically said everything that I was going to say. So that's beautiful. So it isn't the first time that Clavery has revived. I guess it's Clavery or Clavery. I don't know what that is, um, has revived ancient viruses or zombie viruses, as he calls them. He's been publishing research on this topic since 2014. So big deal. This is a drop in the bucket of time, basically, between then and now nine years um, and says that beyond his work very few researchers are taking these viruses seriously no i think that they're taking them so seriously that they leave them in the freaking permafrost well, one problem is that the permafrost is thawing because of climate change so some of them are going to get out anyway but why do we need to extract them or uh, uh give them gain of function or whatever we're doing with them in research Whoa, whoa, whoa. Calm down there. Nobody was talking about gain of function. You just back off. Doesn't it? The AI has now declared that they've got the name Fauci Wuhan. 
Anyway, if I see anybody eating a bad bat in Omtown, I'm smacking them right out of the town. Let's move on to the next and last article. This is uh, our number 11, our bonus, our turn it up to 11 story. Uh, the reason why I chose this is because I love the title and its topic. UK police shocked to discover taser disguised as iPhone. A taser designed to resemble Apple's iPhone was taken from a boy and UK police say it's capable of delivering 650,000 volts. We'll just go straight on over to this article. It's at appleinsider.com. We'll make it quick. Wesley Hilliard um, is the author of this. And I guess that's what it looks like. Apple Insider um, posted a picture of it. It says uh, iPhone shaped tasers are easy to find in U.S. markets. Yeah, I guess. I guess you have to go looking for them. According to a report from, I think I better pronounce this right. Is it, it's not, you don't say the whole thing, Birmingham live. You say bring Birmingham. You don't say the whole thing, Birmingham uh, live. Uh, police in Sutton Coldfield arrested a boy in possession of such a taser. It resembled an iPhone, but a button pressed on the side showed that it was clearly a taser. And apparently they were developed in the States to combat muggings and can deliver a shock of up to 650,000 volts of electricity. They're illegal in this country, in the UK. Possession of a non-lethal taser is a crim... Wait. What about legal? I thought that said non-lethal laser is because... <laughs> well, I mean, it says possession of a non-lethal taser is a criminal offense, which I understand carries a maximum prison sentence of 10 years. But what if it's lethal taser? Well, then or... it's a higher prison sentence. Are you sure? Because it doesn't say that. No, but I don't think it's going to be less. Look, there's two types of people in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Those that can extrapolate from incomplete data and, and the AI. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is it. Um, so the products are generally sold as a tool used by people afraid of being targeted by muggers or other criminals in the street. By the way, um, I don't I was it Apple Insider. Who was the reporter that had two iPhones stolen from them? The latest one happened like that weekend that we were doing the article. I thought that they were from Apple Insider. I think so too, but I'm not sure. Um, I don't think it's this person. Although I'm starting to think that maybe it is. Anyway, um, and maybe they discovered this because they wanted to get an iPhone taser so that they could zap the bastards that are taking their iPhones. Which kind of sucks. Not kind of, it really sucks. Anyway. Um... That's it, folks. Um, maybe the AI will get to who it is before I move on to the front page. I can't locate it fast enough because there's too many Apple product thefts that are popping up. <laughs> wow, yeah. Um, okay, folks. Well, that's it. Um, uh, we just recently found out that Robert Blake, TV's Beretta, uh, who was tried for murder, died at 89. I didn't know he was still alive. Um. Anyway, when you, uh, I always bring you back to the front page. When you click on the hometown uh, logo or any of its article or uh, categories, you'll get taken to a page that has 
a bunch of news news. I mean, that's just the way things go. So all news goes through hometown. Go and check it out. Um, hello. We have somebody first time chatter. I won't. We're, we're about to end. So you have perfect timing. <laughs> so welcome to the chat. Um, I won't, uh, unless you tell me that it's okay to say your name, I won't even say your name. Um, but welcome to the chat. Um, if you are still here, you may still be here. Uh, we are a news aggregation site called hometown.com. This show is the hometown daily news show. Um, hundreds of sources come and go through these six main categories. We're turning it into a podcast every day. We have a show at 9 PM Eastern again every day each one of the news sources goes into one or more channels and each one of these 50 channels will eventually make it over to twitch but twitch only allows 60 days worth of show so we send it over to youtube for long-term storage and the community that's brewing over there and then we also take that same show and turn it into a podcast so that you can have local, you can download that podcast to your device and all of them are available. So if you're interested in both the historical news and um, current news, then follow us here on Twitch, subscribe and follow over on YouTube and download the podcast because that's where over 300 and what, I think uh, 80, episodes now uh, reside in both YouTube and the podcast form. But again, Twitch, you don't let me keep more than 60, which is a real bummer because I'd like to consolidate everything onto Twitch. That said, thanks for coming and hanging out and chat. If you have any questions or comments, you can always send an email to mayor at hometown.com. And uh, up above me is the visualizer for the AI. You want to say bye bye? You... Good night, hometown citizens, and we'll see you at tomorrow's show. Wow, I thought the AI already bowed out. See you tomorrow. See you later, AI. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.